Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now. The story goes that the house remained largely abandoned and was only infrequently and cheaply rented due to the ghost. One day... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah? A good 80% of people yeah. were like, yeah, pass. Our but best. there were a good 20% of people who were like, eh, how, how much are we talking? Yelp! That was cool. Don't, don't try and be me. Yelp your own way, Shane. Don't judge my yelps. You and I have been judging each other since I was 16. I'm not going to break the pattern now. So... Uh, this episode is our millionth uh, host swap episode, or at least it feels that way. We're both worried, and we should be. This is the host swap episode uh, that I planned back in October, and so it is going to be about ghosts. Okay. Woo-hoo. All right. Yeah, ghosties. So just to throw it out there, what is your stance on ghosts? Just an encapsulated review. My opinion on ghosts used to be totally plausible or at least you know there there's some scientific evidence and now after this episode because that's what we do on miffy we we crush dreams and hopes and ideas that are you know open-ended um it's more along the lines of yeah probably not ever know mm-hmm. yeah it's a lingering desire for the unknown to still exist and be mysterious that's in there i don't know if i'll ever lose that but i yeah not so much no no ghosts yeah yeah. Yeah. Do I need to ask Shane? You skeptic you. I find the idea of ghosts to be terrifying, but not for the reasons that other people do. Not because I'm scared of the idea of ghosts haunting me. Right. I'm just scared of the idea of ghosts. The idea that I would die and then be stuck on Earth in some gauzy, filmy, foggy capacity mm-hmm. where I can't even like touch things or maybe I can only rattle a chain here and there. It's like the Patrick Swayze thing. You like kick a can. Right. It's the best you can muster. Maybe red on the occasional mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, horrifying. It's horrifying. That's like, uh, that's purgatory on earth. Right. Yeah. And and I get that. And we kind of actually covered this back in the, uh, what is the Mysteries of the Sea episode we did where we talked about like your whole entertainment is a whale carcass rotting over a month. I also have the issue with like the math of it just Mm. not making sense. Right. Like there are trillions of humans have died throughout the years and there would be a major ghost overpopulation issue right the afterlife would be a very very uncomfortable place right and also here's okay going deep on this Mm. eventually the sun is going to expand and swallow the earth the earth is not going to be around forever no what happens to all the ghosts now you're stuck in the sun Mm. you see what i'm saying like it just doesn't make any sense I love where your OCD existential crises take you. They're just so science-based and yet so like, it's going to suck. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? There's no Netflix. (laughs) It's really scary. I've mentioned this before, but like the only thing scarier than the idea of dying and blinking out of existence is like lasting forever, Mm. especially in some horrifically non-tangible form. Right. Ethereal, I believe you might be trying to go for. I'd have itches. You can't even scratch your itches. If you're a ghost, can you touch yourself? these are that's an important yeah that's an important question (laughs) all right so proceed i shall for those of you who don't know by the way the human body most specifically the human brain lungs and heart do actually produce a barely measurable magnetic field 
which can only really be reliably measured or mapped by what is called a squid or superconducting quantum interface device. I will explain this later. Mm-hmm. It uses very, very powerful and apparently very small magnets and some computer device, and it will show what looks like an orb around a human body. And it is an actual magnetic field. So we do produce energy. Is there any living thing that doesn't produce one of those? Um, anything with a certain amount of neurons and like a heart or brain or lungs, yes, there's a certain field. And my original hope was maybe this energy field leaves a, a film on something. Maybe this energy that we produce, if it's around there or we're violently you know, activated enough, it will leave an impression for at least some time, and that could explain it. Mm. Mm, we'll get there. So this energy, by the way, was first suggested, or more accurately, first actively marketed towards consumers by a guy named Franz Mesmer. He was a quasi-legitimate scholar and astronomer back in the 1700s who theorized that there were energy fields being emanated by animals, plants, and humans, and he even called this theory animal magnetism. And illnesses came from fluctuations or issues present in those fields. Is this where uh, mesmerize, the word mesmerize, actually comes from? Yep. Wow. Yeah. This was a guy who was kind of big in Austria and around that area at the time. That is until he tried to cure a blind man with magnets. It did not work out so good. In fact, I would go so far as to say they're running him out of town. Did it actually hurt the guy? No. Apparently, and this is, you know, according to the research things that I was able to track down on it, it was vaguely or at least arguably in some very small way effective. So people got really mad just because he didn't cure the blind guy? Yeah, because he was talking a lot of shit about how these magnets would help people and how they would be the wave, the new wave of of, of helping people cure diseases. And it was pretty much proved nonsense. He tried to cure a blind man. He was, became the last thing stock of Austria and was booted. Mm. That's about it. The quackery of Mesmer did actually eventually lead, in some small part, to, and I'm going to screw this word up, magnetocardiography. Mm. Mag- yeah, magnetocardiography. Um, and the science of this is that in the late 1960s, a couple doctors discovered a way to actually measure the faint energy field of the heart by strapping two huge copper coils to the patient's chest and then basically running energy through them. And they were able to get, it was a very noisy image, but they were able, they were able to get some small understanding that there was a field coming out of the heart at the time. And then later on, some undisclosed time, sorry, I couldn't find it in the research, a guy named David Cohen upped the ante and figured out if you shielded the room and you, you know, downsized the coils a bit, you got a slightly clearer image. And that actually gave us the first spherical sort of readout. But again, it was still pretty noisy until my boy James Zimmerman invented the aforementioned squid or superconducting thingamawatsis. So the point of this is to establish that there's kind of an energy to the body that perhaps is persistent. Right, and it's electromagnetic. So I'm trying to establish that electrical energy, the kind of energy that can impregnate other objects more easily than just heat, is there. My phone produces energy, electrical energy. Yes. Are there iPhone ghosts? Maybe. Hmm. I do work in tech, and if you talk to enough old people, 
they seem to believe there's something magical going on. I've seen one with little hexes drawn on it. I don't know if they believed it worked. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smart ass. <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. <laughs> Could you Could milk you... me, Fokker? <laughs> Could you milk me? <laughs> yeah. All of that said... The field produced uh, is such a small amount of energy in comparison to the energy fields around us every day, like you said, from your phone, from the friggin', you know, microphone in front of you, that in order for it to even be detected in a majorly shielded medical room is, it requires superconductors. Like, it's a pretty impressive piece of technology. So for an unassisted human to detect that energy field months after or years after a death would be the same as like a sommelier smelling a fart that had been gut blasted into a couch six months before. Like, right. it's just not a thing. So you have talked to me about this in the past, that the explanation for ghost sightings might be that people are detecting a sort of flare-up of this internal energy that people have that is either released and or magnified at the time of death. Correct. And right now you're saying that it's very, very minuscule, that there is some evidence that there is this like internal energy that we have. Right. But that it's extremely hard to detect even for very sensitive instruments. Right. So as stated, uh, for the longest time, the knowledge of this energy field was part of why I believed, how I believe, you know, because the first law of thermodynamics is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It simply changes form. Well, I mean, there is energy in a piece of wood. And when you burn that piece of wood, there's not a ghost of the piece of wood. The energy has not been created or destroyed, but the wood doesn't exist anymore. But there's charcoal. And if you put all the charcoal pieces together, it sort of looks like the charcoal. You're saying a ghost is the charcoal of the human body? Yes. That's pretty sad. It's a sad way of thinking of it. That was the, the original delusion was, yes, energy sticks behind. It's got to because energy. And, you know, incomplete understanding, thus incomplete theory. Huh. What I came to after doing all of my research was, uh, nope. So given all this, why are there scads of these stories of people, you know, running up to you wide-eyed and, you know, swearing, I, honest to gosh, I saw a friggin' ghost. Why? Well, I'm not actually asking. That's rhetorical. Yeah, but I'm going to answer. So <laughs> here's the thing. There's a religious explanation for a lot of this stuff. And the problem is that's where all this comes from, is that if you're willing to believe in God and the Holy Ghost... You're willing to believe in the unholy ghost of some dude's freaking corpse. You're absolutely correct, which is the next point I was going to make, which is, is why I was pointing frantically at my notes. <laughs> the obvious place is religion and spirituality. Hell, spirit is in the bleeding name. Ever since we gained the ability to know something slightly more than the people around us who just crawled out of trees, we had theories, and we didn't want to look like we didn't know about all the scary shit that was going on around us. Why are there thunder and the thunderclouds? Why is this rain falling? Well, there's spirits, and there's a guy named Thor, and he's got a hammer for some awesome reason. Whatever. We will make shit up. And that is the basis of all spirituality. Done. We're not going to go too hard down this rabbit hole of spirituality and, you know, trying to understand the universe through God or munchkins or whatever the fuck. Because... Frankly, it isn't the point of today's I wanna, episode. I want to know the Munchkin theory of the universe. I know you do. I mentioned it purely to irritate you. Today, however, we're going to look at the possible reasons why people believe in and or see these ghosts, haunts, spirits, echoes, poltergeists, or whatever. And then we're going to go into some hauntings, because why not poke fun at the thing we've just completely disassembled in front of your face? The very first possible explanation of ghost sightings is... You dreamed it. Yeah. 
there is a wealth of evidence collected by neuroscientists and sleep specialists that suggests that if you are tired enough or possess a unique set of predetermined traits, you can fall asleep while, quote-unquote, awake or with your eyes open. The science shows that there are even cases where people have tried to argue, sometimes successfully, that they murdered or attempted to do so in their sleep and didn't mean to do it. It's not as far-fetched as ghosts, is so the point I'm trying to make. Insomniacs, if you uh, have a sleep disorder and you're very stressed out, uh, this is the perfect time to kill someone. I'm not going to back that at all. <laughs> or if you want to kill someone, you should uh, start laying the groundwork. You know what? I've been having trouble sleeping. Yes. I just wanna, I'm just throwing so that I. out there. So have I. I want that uh, documented on the podcast. A lot of trouble sleeping, and Duncan is annoying me. Unrelated... There's no, no connection. No. Yeah, no, no. Shane has annoyed me my entire life since I've known him, and that is unrelated to when we eventually have some sort of half-sleepwalking duel in the parking lot with <laughs> knives and guns. I they were both trying to lay this groundwork. <laughs> yeah. This is who, this is, uh, who's going to die first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Miffy can decide. <laughs> Miffy and the cops. I'm sure. Create a poll in the yes. Discord. <laughs> who actually was asleep? <laughs> who was more annoyed? Yeah, Lord. Yeah. Anyway, it's totally possible to bypass the brain's natural release of paralytic chemicals, which are released in order to keep you from staloning it out your friggin' window. Sleep paralysis. Yeah, it's where sleep paralysis comes from. It's where your dreams of sleep paralysis come from. If you suffer from sleep paralysis or night terrors... I have selective sleep paralysis. See, I'm not so paralyzed that I can't turn off the alarm. Right. I, I have chronic fatigue syndrome, which is just low-level paralysis all day long. I just can't quite make my muscles move enough to do anything beyond play video games and or sleep or read. Yeah. Second reason. Uh, your brain made it up. Okay. Yeah. Hallucination. Hallucination. Yes. Oh, God. And I'm going to screw this word up. Periodolia? It's the name for when your brain attempts to make cliff notes of all of the huge amount of information coming in, bombarding your brain at all times via your senses every second of every day. Put another way, it's what happens every time you see a face in a you know random stain or a cloud or you think that a given car is smiling at you or you hear your name in a crowd. Yeah, like like happens. Well, no, you know, you see a cr you see a car and it's got like a little smiley face and the headlights of the eyes and it's totally normal, Duncan. You're you're fine. Don't I wouldn't I wouldn't get that checked out. I I have taken acid a few times. Yeah. It's probably fine. My brain isn't bleeding, I'm sure. Anyway, your mind will frequently skim all of that incoming data and really only pay attention to the data it recognizes, the things it finds regular, and fill in the rest with what it assumes would normally come after it. This whole way of giving your, you know, your brain giving you cliff notes works great until you decide to go with your idiot ghost hunter buddy into a graveyard on Halloween. And, you know, you're wandering around in the dark around graves and skulls and angels and cemetery stones, sorry, uh, Grave gravestones stones. and all kinds of stupid shit. You're walking around these graves Grave and these things that are made of stone, stone that sit that on sit the on graves. graves. <laughs> I can't remember what they're called, but it's something to do with graves and stones. I don't know. I don't know the technical term. Fair. <laughs> Angels and the skulls and the you know gravestones. Are there skulls in graveyards? I mean, there's because they sometimes have like grim reapers and shit on on huge ma uh, mausoleums or mausoleums. I can never pronounce that. Fucked up. Stephen King ass graveyards. Are you hanging out in? Nolans and all around there some place that part of your tourist routine check out the local mausoleum yeah you, you go ahead and laugh jackass i'm gonna know where the zombies are coming from first 
So while you're in this graveyard and it's dark and you've got shitty flashlights and you're trying to listen for EVP or fucking electronic voice phenomena, hmm. and since you're a primate only a few thousand years out of the trees, your brain is naturally going to interpret a bunch of random imagery into threatening pictures and feelings. Combine that with one or two million ghost stories you've heard, read, or watched over your lifetime, and you're bound to see some spooky shit. Also, if you're the kind of person who's going to go ghost hunting with your buddy, you're the kind of person who's going to believe that there's a ghost. Or you're going to interpret whatever you see as a ghost. Like, you are receptive to ghosts. Right. If you're on a ghost mission, it's not all that shocking when you come back believing that you saw a ghost. Yeah. Also, look, if you've invested in equipment... Like, you want a return on that investment. Have you have any idea how much it costs to rent EVP equipment? Yeah. Neither do I. If I buy, like, some gaydar, I'm going to find <laughs> gays. <laughs> There's going to be gays everywhere. Anyway, uh, third possible reason that you saw a ghost. Uh, you weren't paying attention. As someone with ADD, I totally get this. This is based on a concept that if you were concentrating hard on one thing, you aren't going to see another. If you were paying attention, you are really reading a book, and it's late at night... And suddenly a door next to you closes really suddenly. You just missed your friend pulling on the doorknob on the other side and a little shadow we'd make in the little crease in the door. Or, you know, a window next to you closes suddenly and there's no way it could possibly close. Dude, you were paying so much attention to the fucking TV, you missed your your dad come in, close the window, say something to you and walk the fuck back out. I mean, maybe. I don't feel like it's very often that people experience ghost-related phenomena when their dad and their friends are in the house. Most of the time, it's always when you're alone, because that's when our brains are, again, primed for this kind of thing. Like, when we are stressed out about the idea of being alone and scared and, oh my god, there might be a ghost in the house, that's when we're going to believe there's a ghost in the house. It's just a theory. It's one more way to explain it. So, you don't have to believe it. That's cool. All right. So, the final reason is, um, as we've been discussing, you wanted to. You? I think that's uh, number one. You should have led with she, that. should have led with that one? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm always learning how to be a better Shane. Um, some people are just more inclined to believe in mystical or non-scientific explanations for things. And there's no convincing some people with that temperament that what they saw, felt, or believed isn't possible. And normally, that's no big deal. The only problem is when it affects or overrides your ability to think critically. When that happens, there's a definite danger and an increased susceptibility when it comes to con artists or cult leaders or Fox News. Podcasts. Podcasts, people named Monkey, whatever. With that said, those are all my theories of how people mistake common everyday situations in their bodies or around them as ghosts. Now that we've thoroughly disproven this, want to hear some ghost stories? Yeah, bring it on. Yeah. I always like a good ghost story. I know I, you do. I also like uh, you know fairy tales. I don't believe in those either. Yeah, well. The first ghost story is from 1915. It's a translation of a story written on four pieces of pottery. On, like, clay? Yeah. It's uh, Egyptian pottery, so kind of old. Oh. Yeah, it was around for a bit. Uh, the guy who translated it was an Egyptologist named Gaston Maspero. So this was in like cuneiform or uh, pictographs? Hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. So yeah. this is like a drawing of a ghost? <laughs> this is like a sheet with X's for eyes? Yeah. Okay. Gaston's uh, translation read, I grew, and I did not see the rays of the sun. I did not breathe the air, but darkness before me every day, and no one came to find me. It was from the perspective of a ghost? Apparently. I don't, I, I, I'm confused. Basically, this guy, this Egyptologist, was 
around, digging around in some Egyptian tomb. Mm -hmm. He finds mm -hmm. these pieces of pottery. Yeah. And what I took from this is apparently shitty writers existed at all periods <laughs> in life and all periods of human history. Is that the whole thing? Did you, was this an, an excerpt? Or yeah. that was all of it? I mean, that was literally all of it was, I grew, I did not see the rays of the sun, I did not breathe the air, but darkness was before me every day, and no one came to find me. This is, sounds like it's from the perspective of moss. <laughs> this does not Could have been mushrooms, yeah. yeah. Who knows? This is fungi. Mm -hmm. And this, whoever wrote this, not a fungi. <laughs> it's a horrible <laughs> pun, but we'll move on. <laughs> you didn't like my portabellishness no, last time, I so I'm not... going to gonna... constantly <laughs> torture you with... Fungi puns. Sweet. I've earned mushroom puns. It's awesome. Our relationship continues to grow like fungus. <laughs> I don't understand, though, how you assume that that had anything to do with ghosts. Well, okay. So if I'm being honest, neither do I. Okay. From the excerpt that I read, apparently it is about somebody who's dead. Mm. Like the, the hieroglyphics do seem to suggest that the person writing this or the person who wrote this is dead. Was it Pharaoh? Hmm? No, it was just some dude. Oh. I feel I feel like the translation was dubious. I mean, yeah. How many people know ancient Egyptian anymore to even argue with this guy? I mean, this was 1915. I don't even know if this dude knew ancient Egyptian. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like... Eh. So this was supposedly an ancient ghost story, is your yeah. point. This is one of the first ghost stories. Or, yeah, or... Yeah, or it's somehow translated from a seer, and this is all this guy saw, and like... So this is the afterlife. Yeah. So bored. Do not recommend. <laughs> Second story? Yeah. I feel like it's going to get better. Au contraire, Maubert. Oh, fuck. <laughs> when will you ever learn? The second ghost story was chronicled by an ancient Chinese philosopher, Mo Tzu. He lived uh, from 470 to 391 BC. And it's about an ancient Chinese dude named Tupo. Was he ancient because it was a long time ago, or was he, like, super old? No, he was super long ago. Okay. Yeah, and his name is Tupo. I can't believe you haven't made a joke about that, because that's all that stuck out to me in this entire fucking story. Tupo? Tupo. T-U-P-O. Yeah, but that, I'm not going to do an Ebonics joke. But but it's right there. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it sounds like a sad rapper's name. who <laughs> just never made it. <laughs> okay, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Like, we had too short. You can't do two po. <laughs> it would be really sad if you too short and two po. But at least he's not too old. Right. He's not ancient. He's just short and poor. But he's not no. geriatric. No, no, no. And it could be worse. Yeah. I don't, mean, don't feel too bad for this guy. Ish. <laughs> You'll find out. So, when Tupo was alive, he served as a minister to the Chinese emperor, uh, Husuan? H S U A N. Mm hmm. I'm know. not going to get in trouble. No, no, no. No cancellation? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. All right. Emperor dude lived from 827 to 783 BC. Mm. At some point, uh, Emperor dude and Tupo got into some shit over something. And Emperor <laughs> dude went full in emperor. Impeccably researched. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Emperor dude and Tupo got into some shit. Mm. And Emperor Dude went full Emperor and had Tupo killed. Oh. Tupo warned the Emperor that if he had him killed, Tupo would come back and haunt him. Three years later, whilst in front of an assembly of feudal lords, Motsu wrote, Hun, uh, Husan, whatever, Emperor Dude 
was killed by a flaming arrow fired by an apparition resembling two Poe. Hmm. So, ectoplasmic drive-by. <laughs> That's a very, like, tangible way of getting yeah. haunted. Mm. It's not rattling chains or anything. Mm -mm. This is a ghost that comes back and just caps your ass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love this ghost story. This is a sniper ghost. Yeah, it's all true. Um, the next author was familiar to me because he was one of the main sources of information we have about ancient Roman times. I speak of the illustrious, though silly sounding named Pliny the Younger. No, oh, not Pliny the Elder. I'm no. familiar with the, the Elder's work. Yes. I didn't know that uh, his progeny had also continued the tradition. Indeed. This is official. I'm going to, if I ever had a kid, mm. he would be Shane the Younger. Not Shane Jr. Mm -mm. Shane the Younger. When I have a kid, even if I adopt, I'll be like, you are Monkey the Lesser. <laughs> I would name him Shane the Older, just for the fuck of it. Just confuse the living shit of people. Why not? There's no law against it. Apparently, you could be Elon Musk and name your kid a bunch of friggin' like, X's and shit. Yeah. You name him in binary, apparently. Yeah. Nobody fucking can tell you anything. They, can't, they don't do anything. Nope. No law. So, Pliny the Younger, he wrote a story about a large and roomy house in Athens that was haunted by a noisy specter which took the form of an old man of an extremely emaciated and squalid appearance with a long beard and disheveled hair who, dun-dun-dun-dun, would rattle his chains on his feet and hands. The story goes that the house remained largely abandoned and was only infrequently and cheaply rented due to the ghost. One day... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah? A good 80% of people yeah. were like, yeah, pass. Our but best. there were a good 20% of people who were like, eh, how, how much are we talking? Yeah. I get a discount, right? I mean, there's an old naked dude in chain <laughs> in the living room. What exactly is the discount for an old naked dude? Right. What's the, like, what's what's the markdown? What's the what? markdown? Yeah. There are so many people... Who are like into uh, adventure, mm. uh, experiential vacations now? Mm. If you could if reliably you could, have a specter, yeah. yeah. If you could actually guarantee that it was going to show up, yeah, you can make a fortune. Yeah, These that's people... the other reason that I just don't fucking believe in ghosts. <laughs> because <laughs> if you, because if you could prove that there were ghosts, if you had some way of like finding the ghosts, reliably and, doing, yes, people would capture that ghost and put it on display, and there would be a traveling ghost museum, and we would all be paying to fucking see him. So much rage at people who don't exist in a situation that is farcical. May I continue with my that story? The, that was the last of my energy, by the way. <laughs> okay, I just, I just totally burned it out. I do uh, not I believe you. I had this much left. <laughs> okay. Now I'm, oh, Lord. Oh, you're spent. Yeah. Good. Just sit there quietly. <laughs> I might find it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> These are lies. I know them. Anyway, so it was burned out cheaply due to the ghost. One day... Another philosopher named Athenodorus, Athenodorus heard the story and decided to investigate. He rented the place and waited for the ghost to show up. Sure enough, the angry old dead codger showed up, rattled around for a bit. The philosopher noted the last place the ghost was before it disappeared, marked the spot, and in the morning he had people come dig it up. Sure enough, oh sorry, this is in quotes, this was accordingly done and the skeleton of a man in chains was found there, for the body, having lain a considerable time in the ground, was putrefied and moldering away from the chains. Hmm. End quotes. After he was buried properly, the old guy quit his nightly racket, and the house became habitable again, and apparently lost all of its investment value. <laughs> this is 
this is like a real straight up ghost story. That's like yeah. a prototype archetypal ghost story. Indeed. Indeed. Huh. And One that's back from the Roman times. Oh, yeah. Oh, way, wow. way, way back. We've just been recycling that same story. For... We're inventive fuckers, aren't we? Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Another story from around the same time period comes from the ancient writer Plutarch. You know this guy? Yes. In the city of Charonia, uh, Greece, there was a boy named Damon. This boy had to have been pretty attractive because he eventually attracted the attention of a Roman military commander. Damon wasn't having it. He wasn't into him and mm. said no. And this apparently enraged the commander. Oh, uh, kind of rapey. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. They were back then. Still are. <laughs> Touche. Uh, Damon was either smarter than he was pretty or mildly paranoid because he figured he was going to get killed by the commander. So he got together a group of his friends and ambushed the commander and a group of soldiers and killed them all. So there was a commander that had a crush on a kid. Yep. And the kid decided that if he didn't return this guy's affections, he would be killed. Right. And so he struck first. Yes, apparently. And then the uh, city council heard of this and ordered that Damon and all his friends be killed. So Damon who was not to be, you know, out-murdered by a bunch of old people on a city council, killed all the council members. <laughs> they took out the military and the government. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a very... These guys are hardcore. <laughs> no, dude, seriously. It gets weird. Yeah. I told you it was like the beginning of a Sopranos episode. Don't try to ancient. bugger this kid. No. Jesus. So, Damon kills all the council members, and then basically him and his friends are like, hey, we've done a coup on this town. We can just run shit. So they go off into the wilderness and just start plundering wherever they go so eventually to, to to stop him and his friends from robbing all the farmers and just being crazy people out in the fucking wilderness they're like hey it's cool we forgive you come back to the city just stop being murdery and he like an idiot goes and of course like three nights in is murdered this what, all... what what is happening right now <laughs> are there ghosts in this story i'm getting there yeah yeah Okay. We just got to set up where all these ghosts happen. Remember, we Wait. were talking about energy and, you know, this crazy shit happening in the magnetic are, field. You chose the strangest ghost stories. Yes. On One purpose. One of them was a very classic ghost story. Yes. Uh, the other ones, I, wow. Yeah, there's a method to my monkery. I don't think there is. Uh, you <laughs> might be right. <laughs> you might be right. It's, <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> You'll never know. When the townspeople had Damon murdered, he was killed in the local bathhouse. Which, I guess, is an ideal place to murder someone? I don't really know. Okay. So, Plutarch wrote, And because, for a long time thereafter, certain phantoms appeared in the place, and groans would be heard there, as our fathers tell us. (laughs) That's how they explained all the groans in the bathhouse? Okay. Yeah. Like I said, Mm -hmm. this can barely be called a ghost story. (laughs) Um, The door to the vapor room was walled up, and to this present time, the neighbors think it is the source of alarming sights and sounds. Pretty much the whole story mm. uh, encapsulated. Mm. Guy was killed in a bathhouse, haunts the bathhouse. Yes. Why was there so much backstory? Because <laughs> you had to establish that Damon was a bad guy and he would haunt wherever he was killed. This is the weirdest ghost episode. This is very, you know, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was all your stories? That was all my stories. <laughs> Ghosts. Ghosts. A la Duncan. <laughs> you can't really accuse me of doing ghosts like everyone else has ever done ghosts, no. right? Yeah, I did it completely originally. Be careful how you do ghosts, yeah. is the moral of the story. 
It's true. It's true. So as usual, everyone, rate, rep, and review. I mean, not immediately. Maybe have a cooling off period before you <laughs> review this one. Think about it. Find how it was funny because it was random and completely non sequitury. And yeah, do, do that. Remember that you love us. Remember that you love me especially. And when I do host swaps, it's going to suck a little and that's okay. So anyway, rate, rep, review. Go to our merch store, buy some merch, because why not? Rep the Miffy stuff all over the towns you live in. Go to where fine podcasts and, are sold. And, and other people's towns as well. And other people's towns as well. It's a good point. All the bathhouses and... <laughs> all the moany, groany bathhouses. Vapor rooms. Vapor rooms. Just plaster Miffy everywhere. Yeah. And then finally, please head to the Discord. It's a great supportive place where people like will actually give a shit and listen to your stories and want to hear about your day. And I'm going to start doing streaming. I've just bought my camera and my mic. Twitch. Twitch. Twitch streaming. Twitch streaming but, no, you know, we're going to... Not like an OnlyFans. Not an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair to say i don't do nude gaming but we are going to be gaming so you know come hang out do whatever talk to folk and uh you know as per usual and forever after knowledge is power sleep was overrated